بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Dear respected listeners Welcome to the fixed segment We will pick off inshallah And we'll pick up from where we left off the last time And that was with regard to the wajibat of salah and We had discussed the wajibat of salah And mentioned the importance of the wajibat in that if a person has to leave it out, it can be rectified by means of a sajda sahwa, a prostration for correction. Uh, obviously, unlike your faraid, your fard of salah, the fard and compulsory acts, which if left out uh, will nullify the namaz immediately. However, the wajibat, the 14 wajibat, if any one of them is unintentionally left out, it can be corrected via sajda sahwa, the prostration for correction. Now, having discussed the faraid and the compulsory acts, as well as the wajibat and necessary acts of salah, we now will mention and go over the sunnah acts of salah. Now, there are 21 sunnahs in namaz. Now, when we say something is sunnah in namaz what do what does it actually mean now things which have been proven to be done in salah by the holy prophet wasallam, but not so much stress has been laid upon them as is laid upon things which are fard and wajib these are known as sunnah so things which were done in the salah by rasul karim wasallam, but does not hold the status of fard and wajib that is what is understood to be sunnah. Now we have already discussed what is fard and what is wajib. So these acts over and above that was carried out by Rasulullah Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but is not found with regard to uh, the stress. There wasn't so much of stress laid upon it as the faraid and the wajibat. If any of these are missed out, that is the sunnah that we are discussing now. If any of these are missed out, then what happens? If these are must unknowingly, neither does it invalidate the salah, nor does sajda sahwa become necessary. Now remember we said that if a person has to leave out a fard act, it will nullify the salah. And if he leaves out this, uh, a wajiba, wajib act, then he needs to correct it by means of a sajda sahwa. But in the case of sunnah, if a sunnah act is left out, it does not invalidate the salah. If it is left out now, unknowingly, we're saying, it will not invalidate the namaz, nor does sajda sahwa become necessary. If these are left knowingly, if they left knowingly also, the namaz is valid and there is no need of sajda sahwa. However, if a person knowingly has left out the sunnah, then it is not a good thing. It is not the right thing to do because Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wasallam has shown us a sunnah method of making wudu, a sunnah method of making ghusl, a sunnah method of reading salah. And as far as possible, our actions need to be in accordance with the actions of Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam. For in every action of Nabi Pak sallallahu there is barakah, there is blessing, and there is great reward. And the more a person makes an effort to bring sunnah into his life, the more firm he will become on deen. If we have to take an example, we will say that a person, if he has a few pebbles, those pebbles can be thrown anywhere at any time. They can be uh, taken away with the wind. 
anything, they can be crushed, etc. But add to those pebbles, every small pebble now resembling one sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam, And keep on adding to those pebbles, keep on adding to that heap, that heap eventually becomes a bigger heap, and that eventually becomes a small little hill, and eventually becomes a mountain made up of small little stones. Now once that pebbles have become into a mountain, have formed into a, a, a hill or a mountain, how firm? Can you just move that mountain? Can you just move that that hill? Can you just move that heap of, of stones that is there, that has gathered together? No, because now it has become more firm. So if we have to understand the sunnah of Rasulullah Wasallam, we can understand it by means of these pebbles. That the more sunnah, the more pebbles a person has in his heap, the more sunnah a person has in his life, the more firm that that person will be on deen. So as far as possible, my dear respected listeners, the sunnah of Rasulullah in every facet of our lives need to become more prominent, needs to become more prominent. We need to be, our lives and the way we live our lives need to be dictated to in the way that Rasulullah Karim has shown us. So, the sunnah of salah is something that if it is left out unknowingly, there is no problem. If it is left out knowingly also, the namaz will be permissible. However, it is not uh, the right thing to leave out a sunnah and to leave out these sunnahs of salah intentionally without any valid excuse. Okay, so what are the sunnahs in namaz? So, there are 21 sunnahs. We will discuss, inshallah, uh, 12 of them today. And the balance, inshallah, in the next week's program. So to raise the hands up to the ears before saying takbir tahrima. So as we know, when we begin our salah, we raise our hands up to our ears. The saying of takbir tahrima, saying Allahu Akbar, that we mentioned is fard. But the raising of the hands to the ears is sunnah. So if a person begins his salah by saying Allahu Akbar and forgets to raise his hands, he will still be in salah. However, if he raises his hands without saying takbira tahrima, he will not be in salah because takbira tahrima is farad and the raising of the hands is sunnah. While raising the hands for takbir, keep the fingers of both hands raised and the palms facing qibla. Now this is a, 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 an area where a lot of us make errors with regard to how we make our takbir and how we lift our hands. So the, 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 the fingers... The fingers of both hands must be raised. Sometimes our fingers are curled, etc. Um, they are bent. They are turned. So this is not the right way. The right way is for the hands to be, uh, the fingers to be absolutely raised, straight, and for the palms to be facing qibla. So our palms must face qibla. Uh, we do not have to touch the earlobes with our thumbs as many people do, uh, but rather it must be in line with the ears and with the palms facing the qibla. This is how takbir tahrima should be made. This is the sunnah way. Not to bend the head when saying takbir. So when a person is making takbir, uh, and this is also referring to the takbir tahrima when he's beginning his salah, he must begin it in such a way that he does not, when he's saying the takbir and lifts his hands up to his head, he must not bow his head at that stage. So not bend the head when saying takbir tahrima. Saying takbir tahrima and other takbirs allowed by the imam according to the need while going from one rukun to the other. So saying takbir tahrima and the other takbirs that is going from now from qiyam into ruku, from ruku coming up into qoma, then going down into sajda, then coming up into jalsa, going back in sajda, coming up to aqidah, 
Al-Qaeda, then um, in all is going from one posture to the next to say that Takbir al-Tahrima and other Takbirs allowed, this is also Sunnah. To fold the right hand over the left hand below the navel. To, fo to fold the right hand over the left hand below the navel. This according to Ahnaf, again we're saying, the ladies, however, will be slightly different, but that will come to uh, in, a, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time, inshallah, the actual way of the salah for a woman. Because the method, now we are not discussing the method. The method of salah for a man and the method of salah for a woman, or the postures rather, they differ slightly uh, from men to women. So those subtle differences that are there in the salah, we will discuss that inshallah at a later stage. However, the folding of the right hand over the left hand and uh, below the navel, this will be for the men of course, this is sunnah. So when a person is tying his right hand over his left hand, he should form a circle with his thumb and little finger around the rest of his left hand, with the other three fingers being placed on the front of the hand. Say, it's the saying of thana. What is thana? When a person makes takbir al-tahrima, Allahu Akbar. Now before he begins Surah Fatiha, he has to say the thana. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabaraka smuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayruk. This is the takbir al-tahrima or rather the thana. So the thana should be recited at the stage. Then the ta'awudh, a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. This is also sunnah. This is the seventh one. Number eight, to recite the complete bismillah. That is to recite bismillahirrahmanirrahim, not just bismillah. So if we have to begin from the beginning of the salah, we will lift our hands up to the ears. Allahu Akbar. We will recite the thana, Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabaraka smuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayruk. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And then we will start with our Surah Fatiha. As was mentioned when we were talking about the wajibat, that the reciting of Surah Fatiha in the third and fourth rakats of farz namaz is sunnah. To recite. Now, to recite Surah Fatiha in the third and fourth regards of a Fard Namaz. We said that in every other Namaz besides a Fard Namaz, it is wajib to recite Surah Fatiha and a Surah. It is only wajib to recite Surah Fatiha and a Surah in the first two regards of Fard Namaz. In the third and fourth rakats of Fard Namaz, in a three rakat Namaz like uh, Maghrib for example, or in a four rakat Namaz like your Zohar, your Asr and your Isha, it is, so, it is wajib to recite Surah Fatiha in a surah in the first two rakats and it is sunnah to recite Surah Fatiha only in the third and fourth rakat. Meaning that if a person for some reason does not read Surah Fatiha in the third and fourth rakat of a fard namaz, his namaz will be completed. And if he reads Surah Fatiha, he will be following the sunnah. If he even adds a surah in the third and fourth rakat of a fard namaz, after Surah Fatiha that too will be fine. However, it is sunnah to just recite Surah Fatiha in the third and fourth rakats of a fard namaz. To say Amin softly. That means after the Imam or after we say Surah read Surah Fatiha, then to say Amin softly, not to read, recite Amin loudly. That's according to Ahnaf. So the Thana, the Ta'awudh, the Bismillah and the Amin. That means your Subhanakallahumma, your A'udhu Billah, your Bismillah and your Ameen must all be read softly. This is also Sunnah. To recite as much Qira'ah as is Sunnah for every Namaz. Uh, 
this is now we generally read the last few surahs of of so amata para 30 or just 30 but um, the sunnah uh, places to read is as follows for fajr to read from suratul hujurat it means to read one surah from suratul hujurat up to suratul inshiqaq in the 30th surah hujurat is in 26 juz of the part of the quran Surah Inshikak in the 30th Jews. So to recite a surah, so generally what they are trying to say for Fajr Salah to recite from uh, the longer surahs of the Quran Karim. For Dhuhr, Asr and Isha to recite from what we call Awsat Mufassal. The first one was Tiwale Mufassal. The second one is Awsat Mufassal, the slightly shorter surahs that is from Suratul Buruj up to Suratul Qadr in the 30th Jews. And then for Maghrib Salah to recite from what we call Qisar Mufassal, the shortest surahs that we find in the Quran, and that is from Suratul Bayyina up to Suratul Nas, the end of the Quran Kareem. Um, when we are reading uh, from Qisar Mufassal, we should remember to recite two consecutive surahs or leave at least two surahs in between. So if a person is reading in Maghrib Salah and he reads Suratul Adiyat in the first rakat, then he should not leave out Suratul Qari'ah and read Suratul Takathur. That means don't leave out one surah only. Either read the very next surah or leave more than two surahs. Two surahs or more. So if you're reading Suratul Adiyat, then you can read Suratul Qari'ah in the next rakat, no problem. Or if you're not going to read Suratul Qari'ah, then you don't read Suratul Takathur either. So you must, you either read the very next surah or you read, um, or you leave out more than two surahs and you continue. So for example, if you're reading Suratul Adiyat, you leave out two surahs, you can read Suratul Asr, for example, or any other surah after that. So this brings us to the end of uh, today's segment of the program. And uh, alhamdulillah, we have now discussed the first half of the sunnats that are found in salah. Inshallah, next week we'll continue with the balance of the sunnah of salah before moving on to the method of salah. Jazakumullah khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your efforts and may make it a means of us becoming closer to him. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.